This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Hi everyone, it's Lee Salisbury. I hope you've had an amazing Christmas and I really hope you are still laid on the sofa eating leftovers and watching Home Alone and of course listening to Soap from the Box, the podcast where I interview actor mates from some of the country's biggest continuing dramas and I'm going to break it to you gently, this is the last episode of Series 1. It's a New Year special so enjoy. This is the very last episode of season one of Soap from the Box, and I'm ending on a massive high. It's New Year in a few days' time. Christmas has been and gone. It actually hasn't, because we're recording this just before Christmas. <laughs> but my guest today is born and bred in Bolton, best known for playing Katie Sugden in Emmerdale from 2001 to 2015, and best known to me as one of my closest friends, hey. Sammy Whitworth. Hi. How are you, Sammy? I was going to say, well, did you see I thought I put a pause in between Katie and Sugden because we've actually got a special name for Sammy, yeah, Katie. I, I don't know if we can we actually, can't share I don't it. Know if we can actually share it. It might be a bit rude. It is a little bit rude, but yeah, we'll, you might gather kind of why it is later on in the podcast, but I always start with a, um, with a memorable moment and we've got so many on set actually. Normally I'm kind of struggling, but my, I think the one I picked was when we filmed you in hospital. <gasps> and what happens to everyone listening is we cast people that are in a few episodes and there was a doctor, you were in bed, Katie had had an accident and you might not walk again. This was the story. And so uh, the, the director before me had cast a doctor that I then used. And the scene we did was, A, you, you kind of went, you kind of went, what's it called when you stopped breathing? Yeah, I went into a coma. Yeah, I went into a coma. Yeah. And the doctor had to hold the paddles that kind of get yeah, you back to Yeah, resuscitate me. And obviously you say, you say stand clear and she kept saying stand still and was waving them everywhere and touching everyone. <laughs> she was waving them really like all around in the air, like near Which, everyone's faces. So the, the specialists were going to be, that would actually kill everyone. Yeah, they'd be dead. They'd be dead. So like I had Katie. to keep going back on set. And then, then she had to tell Katie that... She might not, you know, she might be in a wheelchair um, for a few months. So I'd said to the actress, and we obviously won't name her, that um, it wasn't the worst news. So she had to say it really positively. And she said, action. And she went, ooh. (laughs) Do you remember that? Well, I remember it. And the main reason I remember it is because obviously I knew my reaction had to be completely distraught. You know, you're not going to walk for a few months, which anyone hearing that is horrendous. But... Her, her, the first noise was, ooh, and I had to try and keep a straight face. Which and I don't I think any am, of us did. I'm so bad for the giggles anyway. So having you in the room, Lee, yeah. was a nightmare. Well, I think I'm, I was in the van, luckily for some, but I remember, keep, I remember having to come back on set and say to her, you know, um, right, we need to play it, obviously, like I said, you know, like it's not the worst. And she went, that's how I played it. Which <laughs> then, because then we went for another take. Okay, she said, okay, I'll do it more positive. 
And you went, so what's the, what's the thing? Yeah, but Ooh. what do you do, though, if you do tell an actor that? You say to do it in a different way and they go, I am doing it like that. You've got nowhere else to go. I you know. just have to leave it. And so I can't remember. It's one of those moments that then the rest is kind of blacked out because I don't know what happened. I think I might have phoned casting and said, kind of make sure that we make another person. Because I remember even the specialist there was like, I could just do this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, exactly. But it's weird, isn't it, when guest artists come on because it's quite hard to fit. I mean, like I think, I've always said to you, Katie is kind of one of the hardest characters to play, I think, because she was very normal. Yeah. Like, she wasn't a character actor's actress part. She wasn't, no. like, big and, like, Vow or... And, like, so many people in Emmerdale, you were just having to play it normal, which I think is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I think, I think that you're absolutely right with that. Like, there was never real extremes as such with Katie. She was never totally wild or, or anything like that. She was very real. Yeah. Um... I think, to be honest, I did bring a lot of myself to her anyway, because you have to do that with the character, because there's so many situations in a soap where you've never experienced or done any of those things before. So you have to go, right, what would I do in that situation? Because I can't go off anything else. I don't know how anyone would react or I'd react. You know, so you just have to think, what would I do? So I did bring a lot of myself to it. Well, I think even if you said to anyone, actually, it's probably anyone listening who even has a picture taken of them and you suddenly make, I mean, I'm the worst for this, as we know. I'm Chandler from Friends. (laughs) That something happens to me when a camera's put in front of me and I make the weirdest faces. But I always thought, you know, like my friend Karen was an extra in Emmerdale once and they said, right, you just walk across the street and suddenly you start thinking, right, how do I walk? Yeah, Karen, Karen, Karen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. I've not seen that. Because it's like when you start thinking about, right, how do I walk? You actually then think, right, where do I put my hands? Yeah. And like everything like that is really weird. Well, I think the thing with it being a guest, because I've done it since I've left Emmerdale where you've come on just for a small part for something and it's 10 times more nerve wracking than when you're on a show for long term. Because you know everyone, you know your character, but if you come on for a little guest part, the pressure is on, you feel like you've got to prove yourself in a day. Yeah, you know? I know. And the worst part is when you don't have that much to do or say. So it's very simple. Like you said, walking along <laughs> the like, street. Yeah. And you think, oh my God, I've forgotten how to walk. Oh my God. I and don't... then I think we've done scenes. I don't know whether you're in the pub scene when I had an extra who was just quite, he was quite deaf and he was talking really loudly in the background. And Lizzie plays Diane and was like, um... Can we? And we were like, yeah, you can hear him more than you can hear you. It's oh, like, no. I know it's so good. But anyway, so we are going to get through today normally. Mm. So we speak about the soap and then about you. And this I know you're dread, but it will lead us through your storylines there. It's the Katie quiz. So oh. I know. I, 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 I think they're quite easy. Okay. I'm saying that. Okay. okay. So when you join, this will go right back to the beginning. This will take us through. Who gave Andy, obviously Kelvin Fletcher, money to take Katie for their first date at Shay Marlon? Shay Marlon, I Shea remember Marlon, it. Like, well, I'm assuming it was his dad, Jack. No. No. It was Kane Dingle. Kane Dingle! I know! I was quite surprised what? by that. That is, I remember the day, I remember Shay Marlon. Do you? Shay yeah. Marlon. So where was Shay Marlon? That was, oh, that was, is that not where the cafe is now? But oh, it's was it? Done, I think. I mean, that name is a programme and it's a shame on No, yeah, definite spin-off material there. And we just talked about this before we started recording and actually, like, Coronation Street, I think, is known for its matriarchal women. I think, actually, Emma does the opposite. I think it's the men, isn't it, who've stayed in it the longest and we've got, like, yeah. you've got Marlon, you've got Kane, Eric Pollard. Yeah. Really strong male characters, actually, yeah. in that show. Was it? What was it like when you joined and suddenly face-to-face with Kane and Jeff and people like Mark? And- well, I think... I, I didn't watch the show that as that much when I was little. 
Um, but it was always in the background. Like my grandma was an, an obsessed. She was obsessed with Emmerdale. She loved it. Because how old were you when you joined? Fifteen. Fifteen. So obviously, yeah, you fifteen. I've never been on a proper TV set as a you know and sorry as, as, an as, as a part, full part. I was an extra work. But that was it. So it was a major deal for me because again, it's your first day and you've got to prove yourself. And the worst part about it was I was dressed in the most horrendous outfit. I had fishnet top, bright orange oh and black God. striped with a tiny see-through little crop top, not see-through, the mesh was see-through, a little crop top, um, leather pants, big biker boots, big biker goggles around my neck. And I think like, I think everyone's first outfit is always nothing like the character becomes. Yeah, yeah. You're isn't so it? Right. Yeah. Because they go like, extreme. It's yeah. like she's a biker, so they'll put you yeah. in like, ev- like everything. What a professional yeah. biker. Well, Katie was, um, met Andy in detention, so she was seen as a bit of a rebel so that's what hence Those the goggles. <laughs> but we've said before, actually, and this shows how, when I've talked to other people on this, about the times changing. Like, at the time you were 15, and actually there were loads of quite scenes that I don't think would be filmed now. Like, you rolling yeah. around in mud with Roxanne, like, wearing bikinis and that, stuff. There's no way that would be allowed now. And I, I actually do remember, I'm not blaming anyone for this, it was just the way it was written. It was just a different was, world as well. But I do remember, there was a, a storyline of me and Verity, who played Donna, and we had to basically we were sunbathing on the farm every day for two weeks <laughs> in your which cows happens all the time in bikinis <laughs> right what the hell um and i do and i remember like it was very near the end of us doing those scenes i was just about to get off the bus with verity to film our last one and one of the costume girls got a big towel wrapped it round me she said get on the bus you're not doing it anymore we're all saying you can't do this oh, it's not good. okay and it's not right and I don't know what was to blame for it, but now that would never, never be ever allowed. Happen. No. Right. Next question: <laughs> Who did Katie, Andy, Eve, Mark, Ollie, and Donna oh, kill? Miss Strickland. <laughs> yes, Jean Strickland, who was the headmistress of the school. And I mean, I remember actually, obviously that storyline. But within that group of people, I said was Verity Rushworth, Anthony Lewis, Vicky Bins. Amazing, I suppose, to go in with a group of people your age, which doesn't often happen either. Yeah, yeah, we were brought in pretty much all at the same time. And there was another girl, Rain Davison as well. She was another Who young was Eve, wasn't it? Yeah. Who, Suzanne, is that the part I never realised? Yeah, Suzanne took yeah. over, yes, yeah. And um, yeah, so we, we all went in at similar times. We got our characters built up a bit and then we were thrown into the Miss Strickland story. <laughs> which is amazing. The reason story. I remember Miss Strickland is because I must have said it as Katie a thousand times because it was hush hush no one knew who killed her so all of our scenes with the kids were like well what are we going to do then about Miss Strickland <laughs> you know are we going to tell anyone about Miss Strickland who was we actually said, driving the car then um Anthony Lewis oh Anthony Lewis yeah yeah <laughs> but I think a, he just got his license you know what an amazing story though yeah, to I go know. into so that was quite soon after you joined that one yeah, that was literally a few, it felt like a few months. Maybe and like, like Katie months. was like so good. It's like as if that was her first like... I know, I know. I remember she got, I think Katie was the one with a conscience and was like, we need to tell people. Then I remember Eve's character like slamming her against a car going, if you tell anyone, you'll have me to deal with. <laughs> Murdering a, sc- a headmistress though. I know, <laughs> I know. Is, like, oh my God. Because I think Hollyoaks does go beyond reality, which I found quite hard actually when I worked with it, even though it's brilliant because you're like, these things seriously are mad. Yes. Whereas Emmerdale is quite stuck in reality, I think. Yeah. But yeah. still, like, that's kind of obviously... Yeah, of... I think with Emmerdale, you tend to do one slightly crazy storyline, like maybe every two, three years. One where you kind of go, oh, I don't <laughs> know if, is, I don't but, know yeah. if someone... Well, like you said earlier, things you haven't actually done, because 
on a serious note, when I, Sally Dynava, who was on uh, earlier in the year, said, which is one of the most amazing stories that I didn't realise, obviously she played a storyline with Sally in the show getting breast cancer. Yeah. And the day she filmed the scene, she went to her doctor to get the results and she got told she oh. had got breast cancer. Oh, Which she said God. was the most weirdest parallel thing ever. Yeah. But she said, oh, then she looked back and, and would have done it differently. Because obviously, yeah. like, you got married in the show and whatever. Do you, you, and you've got married in real life now, say, for instance. Would yeah. you look back and go, oh, like... Well, I, like, like I said earlier, in terms of you've only got a certain amount of stuff to go with if you haven't been through it yourself. Like, my character, um, she suffered a miscarriage with Andy really early on. I think she was only 15 in it. Um I mean, getting pregnant at that age, yeah. you know, in the show as well. And then and then suffering the miscarriage, which the scenes were so horrific to film because um, obviously I've never been through any of that. No, yeah. But it was so upsetting. And like as a 15-year-old filming those as well, it's really intense knowing there are millions of people out Watching. there who have experienced it and having to kind of do it for them at the same time, like the pressure is on. I mean, the pressure is, and now I would say, um, it's like, if you join Hollyoaks, you get the cast book, when I joined anyway, that says, this will, as a kind of like a throwaway line, you know, this will change your life forever. And I think now, like, 15 is so young to join. I mean, did it change overnight for you? Like, was it obviously going, oh my God, everyone now is recognising me? Um, Yeah, pretty much. And mainly because um, when I first went in, Andy's... Well, he, he always was, but Andy um, Kelvin Fletcher was a huge was part. A huge yeah. part. So in my audition, I was terrified. So I was like, oh my God, I'm auditioning with Andy Sugden. This is insane. <laughs> um, so all my scenes were with him, which instantly made me, not a popular character, but I was in it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was in, the change was instant. Like I'm talking weeks after being on the show, being recognised. And now thinking of social media, if like say now, what would you say to a 15 year old? Would you say go into a soap? Like I think, well, I think it's like it's hard because if people <coughs> want it for their career, but I think God, I think you need a bit of experience behind you, really. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think there should be something set in place where you know you get help with that. What's to do? What to do? What not to do? Like you know, I've got a 16, nearly 16 year old daughter now. And so I'm seeing her navigate that social media yeah, yeah. world and sometimes get it wrong, sometimes do something too private, too personal. I'm like, no, like, babe, that could, that's going to be in the internet or whatever forever now. For, I know, you yeah. You can't take it back. And I'm so, I always say this, that I'm so grateful that I wasn't brought up, especially on soap in the social media world. And I never had social media on Emmerdale. I only ever had it after. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Would you remember, I always remember actually, and as much as we love him, Lyndon, who played Nathan, was yeah. the first to get Twitter, really. Yeah. And do you remember, he was, and we were like, oh, God, get, like, yeah, get Twitter, over yourself. What, what is, what even we were like, Twitter? it won't matter if you've got that many followers. And then, obviously, it went huge, and yeah. everyone kind of felt like they needed it. And I remember going to Holby City, and the, the, the thing was, people, the casting directors were looking at people's social media accounts to They're see still, who had the most of, things, yeah. because obviously you're bringing fans, which is kind of understandable in a way but terrible in another way yeah I, I get it for certain shows definitely especially like reality and stuff like that they want people who've got big following absolutely and I've I've was really against it for so many years I just saw it as a negative thing for some reason but now I'm starting to see small glimmers of like hope in terms of you can use it for good you can yeah. use it for you know, charity stuff, or you can use it to promote the show you're in, or promote the book you write, or the podcast you're doing. Yes. You know? Well, so, what I do, and like, luckily the, the response has been amazing, but there is obviously the odd troll out there who wants to, and I think we've all learned just to ignore them, actually. You don't give them a voice, because yeah. you instantly get annoyed. But I think as an actor, 
because everyone out there listening, if you're an actor or want to be an actor or you've got another job, I think the hardest thing about being an actor is like me getting to my level, I wouldn't go back for stages. Whereas an actor, you could be at Emmerdale and then go for auditions and not get the job and not get told why you've not got the job. So yeah. confidence-wise, it's a real hard way to navigate. But then if you've got social media as well that people are attacking you, and I think all of us l- want to look at stuff written about us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's... Um, and I we're all like, oh my God, it's amazing when someone says something nice. But then you are like, how yeah. dare they if they don't? And you have to just re- remember that no one actually knows you. I think there's... if Even if there's a thousand lovely comments and then there's one nasty one for some weird reason... You remember that I don't one. know it's, what it is with humans, but we always tend to <laughs> yeah. like think about that one. Like, I had one recently, I put a post of myself and my daughter on, which I've never done with Mia, until she was 15, I've never posted anything. I saw that, I think, on the holiday, was it on yeah, holiday in the pool, it, yeah. yeah, we were just outside here on, like, a sunny day, and I'd, like, I'd bleached my hair, like, really white blonde, and, um, and all, like, there was lovely comments and stuff, and it wasn't even, like, look at what we look like, it was just, this is my first picture of me and my daughter, ever, um, and like lots of newspapers like oh my god like I'm not saying this in a soz way but oh you look like sisters but then comments underneath were sisters <laughs> you look like grandma and stuff like that <laughs> and you know I'm a quite a confident person I'm not like in your face confident but I think I was having a bad day for whatever yeah, reason word, you know just yeah. an off day on a normal day I would have been like oh get lost I was having a bad day and those comments really knocked me for six. Well, I so, think because you can't put your head on other people's shoulders, but I think because we are genuinely quite nice people. Like, yeah. I don't get why people do it, so that's why it affects us more. That's the like, most worst thing, and I decided to post about it. I would never have done that. I wrote a big thing on Instagram, and I said, like, you never know what people are going through. Yeah, One, yeah. Being told these things, how ugly you look, how awful you look, how old you look. And I'm like, thank God I'm quite confident with myself. Um, you know, because if I wasn't, like to get those comments. It's like awful. This, yeah. And that's why I mean going back to what we were saying about like being fifteen joining a soap nowadays I think oh, would be so hard because you've got all that to and when like you said, when you're that age, you are kind of much more well, you're not as you know, you're not switched onto the world, are you? As we can go now, don't look at social media. I mean I'm saying all that. I still look <laughs> I don't know, I love that comment. <laughs> Even though I don't know them. Right, next question. Um, okay. Who played Mark and Natasha easy? Who who played Mark and Natasha who allowed Katie to keep her business at home farm in two thousand nine? Amanda Donahoe and uh, Maxwell Caulfield. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Which I brought up because that's, I was going to just say, if Emmerdale out of all of them is, I think, like the family. We're obviously best friends. We've got a lot of best friends from Emmerdale. And obviously, uh, Amanda Donahoe became a great friend. Yeah, we yeah. had a party around her house, didn't we? We well, She sang it. We went to Alice's wedding. He played Maisie, who we're yeah. still friends with. And Amanda got up quite drunk and took the microphone off the band and sang something amazing and stole the whole show. I remember she was going, I don't want to steal the wedding away from Alice. She did. Till about 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah, till about 10 o'clock. But is it weird? Was it weird? What's it? I just want to know. So as an actor, you were there for years. Is it always... Are you quite wary of new people coming in? Is it weird to have new people come in? Do you know what I mean? Because I suppose, like, say Alice was your kind of age-ish in it. Like, do you get that kind of like, oh, I hope they're not going (laughs) to take over my part kind of thing? Well, I didn't I didn't really, but I can imagine that you're falling into that quite easily, especially if because on a soap, you don't you're not necessarily working all the time, even though you might seem to be on screen. You might have three months off. I've I had that loads 
three months off and then I was working 12 hours a day, five yeah. days a week. Yeah. So in that three months that you're off, if you see like a new girl or a new boy working <laughs> all the time, you're thinking, oh my God, like they're doing more than me. Are they going to be the new this, new that? You do think there is like, it's just too yeah, yeah. to do that. Um, when I think like when, just personally, when we all were there together, you kind of, it's like someone comes into your friendship because it's good. You form friendship groups and they are ever changing on so because people will leave. Uh, and people will come in and it's quite weird, isn't it? That you're like, oh, this person's kind of become friends with well, four yeah. other people in the friends. Yeah, because you've got, you're spending more time with these people than your own family. Yeah, you and do, And your yeah. friends from home. You're spending way more time with them. So if you've got a nice little dynamic, say there's like five or six of you and then a new person comes in, it's not just you see them for five minutes. You're it's with them 12 hours a day. You get to know each other so quickly, don't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. Each other's flaws, each other's good points. And... Um, so, uh, oh, I was going to bring up a funny story just, and as much as I love Maxwell, um, but what I loved about him is Maxwell wanted to keep it fresh for every take. So again, just behind the scenes, people listening, the way Soap's filmed is you got like three cameras on set and you rehearse it. And then obviously, well, the way any drama's filmed really, that you have to do the same again. And Maxwell, I just used to love, so he used to have a tea towel in one take yeah. and then he'd be like, I'm just going to get rid of that. And I'm going to use this for the next take. He'd be like, yeah. oh. We had, we had one of those with Maxwell where um, he came in with a custard cream, but he hadn't rehearsed with it. <laughs> yes. So he came in, started eating it, and then the director went, oh, you know, I don't think you should have the biscuit. And he's like, no, no, I'm using the biscuit, but they ran out of custard cream. <laughs> so, so he wasn't happy at all. <laughs> but it was ruining the scenes. It was meant to be... I mean, you know, I'm not saying... And bless him, because he just... No, he thought it was fresh. And you're like... totally. We can't keep it. I wouldn't have the courage to do that. I would be like, okay, I won't eat the biscuit. Um, But he just kept saying, you know, I need to do it again and again with that. And it was a really intense scene. And I was thinking, this biscuit is upstaging all of (laughs) us. All of you. (laughs) This bloody custard cream. And when Amanda Donahoe joined, I just... I remember just thinking... And we'll get to this other person in a bit, actually, that I'll mention. But... It was kind of like Hollywood coming to Emmerdale, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. It was incredible. It, there was a real like buzz on set. There was, and she's got such um, Presence. a dynamic like energy. As soon as she comes on, you're just like, oh, and she's great. Like in terms of acting as well, she's just oh, got she was it. amazing. She's just got she's, it. What, what I always love is working with people like that that keep you on your toes because she would yeah. almost not even know her lines, but come on and go read it for the first time, which was infuriating to some people. But the fact is, she could learn it in two minutes. But she'd be like, I'm not saying that. You know, like if she wouldn't yeah, say that. because she and, knew that her character wouldn't say that. And don't you think, and I've talked to this about a lot, with a lot of people as well, that I think back in the day, like June Brown and stuff, still now, and I think Linus Barber's like this, very, you know, like so in touch with the character that they'll even know what cups to use or whatever. And I think nowadays, unfortunately, it's changed to being, oh, they're being difficult, which is yeah. so unfair, isn't it? Because I think actually, as an actor, you'll, you'll know this, like you... You have to protect your own character because so many other people come and go. Okay, well, I've got, but I've always been, I've always kind of, you know, been very polite on set and been a bit too worried to say, oh no, I won't necessarily do that or I won't, you know, Katie won't use that cup. I would be too terrified to do that. And the main reason is, is because I have seen some people who do take it a little bit too far. And it can really, like, because we're filming 16 scenes I know, yeah, in a day. it can take so long. And, so yeah. if someone is really sticking to, right, no, no, my character would have that. I did hear someone, I, I won't name names, obviously, and it was a different soap to mine, but they had to have a certain type of sandwich in their suitcase, their briefcase. And they, they didn't have jam, the props. They only had peanut butter. And they said, no, I need jam. My cat, they went, you don't open the briefcase. No, we don't And he went, it. no, but I know they're there. So he made everyone late. 
everyone was waiting um, for them to get jam. Bless them. Like, come well, you're on. Gonna have to and I'm thinking, to. come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. It's a balance, isn't it? Because, well, the funniest again was Glynis when she joined EastEnders because, and again, you can listen to her podcast. Uh, when she joined the part was meant for Jill Gascoigne, who's about 20 years older than her, and Jill had to pull out for health reasons, so Glynis took over, but she said they didn't get all the scripts to say. So people were saying to her in the pub, like, can you see the menu or do you need glasses, dear? Oh, no. <laughs> and the Glynis, as we know, is gorgeous. Literally and looks so 20 years younger than she was like, are we really serious? Is. And someone went to her, um, like, have you got a stair lift at home? No. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, as if they hadn't changed that. Glynis looks about 20 years younger than she is I know, and then they were going, anyway. do you need a Stella Stella really? Sterling? I know. <laughs> um, but Amanda, and then the other person I was going to say was, uh, and actually, does this link to a question? The other person was Patsy Kensett, because yeah. Nicola Wheeler says this, that she almost brought the Paps to Emmerdale. Like, yeah. she kind of changed the dynamic with making Emmerdale more popular in the press. Yeah, and I don't think it was ever intentionally with her. Like, I think, um, I don't want to speak for her, but she was never... She never lauded the press. No, Such it's just they loved her. So, her. Yeah. They loved her. And, um, and did you feel that dynamic change? Because I think, I mean, this is actually quite funny because we're both in the same position. We both left at the same time. We were always the underdog and we go to every Soap Awards. Never yeah. win. The year we, we left. Win. The year we and left. Then, yeah, the year we what, leave, oh, they win everything. everything. Every single award. But I kind of always loved being the underdog because it kind of, I think, made Emmerdale really strong as a unit because we all fought together do you know what I mean well the best thing about I remember one award we did when it's the RTS awards and it was the one that I was actually there for like you know so I remember because we didn't expect to win when they announced Emmerdale like East Ennis and Corrie, I remember they were always like halfway out, they were. Yeah, but, you know, they, they were, kind of, they were. You know, halfway out the seat thinking, well, we've got it in the bag because we've had that storyline last week. So, but when Emmerdale were announced, we all just literally looked at each other and screamed, like genuine screaming. Yeah, it was. Oh, it, yeah. And we just walked on stage and we had the best night ever because we just. Well, do you remember when I won for the cop death or I won Emmerdale won? Yes. Oh, and we were so shocked that we kind of all tripped up the stairs on the way down. <laughs> but then do you remember I, I told everyone to watch? Because I don't know whether you were actually there at the night, but I told everyone to watch and I spoke last and it cuts the ad break before they No, we did Yeah. <laughs> so next year I won for the Frozen Late, so I just went and grabbed the award from Danny Miller and made sure I spoke first. <laughs> yeah, good. Because I was like, they can't cut me out there. Yeah, can't cut me out now, guys. <laughs> and do you remember the other awards I remember is the National Television Awards where we went? And do you remember just before it went live, Amanda, I stood up and trod on Amanda's dress. Oh, do you remember no. and it just ripped? Do you know oh what I mean? yeah, which I think I think as a girl as well, when you've just oh, got your outfit so stressful terrible. getting ready as well. You've got this dress which Massive sometimes you borrowed it yes. as well. She had to go and find someone with a needle and thread. Oh god. I was going, oh my god. <laughs> um so who pushed Katie's face into the wedding cake at her wedding? Uh Megan. Megan, yes. Yeah. And that was I mean, you did very well on the quiz, by the way. Uh, that was to bring up the live, because that was live. Yeah. Your wedding was live. I mean, how amazing that that was Emmerdale's first live and you were like the biggest part of it. it was That must have been incredible. Well, I think, I don't know if I was the biggest part. It, it, was, it was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my whole life, because get it, preparing it was, you know, very long-winded. We had to get everything absolutely right. And but again, also, just to explain to people at home, look, Emmerdale Village is literally even more unlike the other soaps. It's like location is different than studio, but it's in the same place. We're like 40 minutes away from the studio, aren't we? Yeah. On location. Yeah, exactly. So, so logistically a nightmare. Yeah, and all the we basically when we when they said action for the live episode, we had to do everything 
that we were told to do for that full half hour, whatever, maybe if it's an hour, I'm not sure. But we never knew, as the actors, if someone else had messed up. So we just had to carry on, carry on. For all we knew, someone else, you know, 10 minutes down the line, had completely screwed up. Yeah, yeah. But no one messed up. I know, it was, I think, the first one that no one messed up. And I mean, nobody. So when they said cut, and then I remember the, um, the first, turned around and was like, We've done it. There wasn't one mistake. We turned into animals. We were like animalistic. <laughs> we like ran down the village road, like screaming. Well, at I the think top Stephen Mulholland there was was there for ITV too, and I had a problem because no one wanted to be a guest because everyone was just like, yeah, on a high afterwards, and like we want a drink and we want to well, go. Well, you know, like obviously, like theatre, for example, it's live, so you get that buzz and that adrenaline. This was going out to help ten million people, not just an audience full. So if you messed up, you knew you'd be in the paper the next day saying Sammy Windward tripped yes. up and fell. And I don't on even it. want to mention the person, poor Joe Joyner, because obviously everyone mentions her for the live when she Why? called. I didn't know, I don't she know called um, Ian, Bill, Adam, oh, and no. Laurie That's kind such a of simple Laurie, who played Jane, kind of did the best line to recover it. But you could almost see Joe Joyner going. They both recovered it amazingly, but it was that thing of like, now that's always gone down. Sorry, Joe, because we've mentioned it basically about 10 podcasts. But I always say, because if you really mess up on a live episode of that, it's like you might, ne- you might never work again. Because theatre people will be going, well, she can't even do live. I know. I think, I think that, that was, that's what made it so, so much pressure on the night. You knew that it wasn't just a normal scene. It wasn't like being on theatre where a few hundred people, you knew that everyone would see. And you can't even comprehend people, 10 million people, can you? No. It's like you can't. And also the main thing is people, this sounds awful, but people are waiting for you to mess up oh, on the totally. line. That's why people watch it. I think, to be honest, even as a crew, you kind of, one tiny part of you is going, wouldn't it be funny if? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Just something small. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I have to admit, there was one, one thing I did when I did get my face shoved in the cake. I mean, I that's kind of nerve-wracking just in itself for life. I wasn't meant to laugh, but I did. Just... And why I don't know. And it weirdly looked okay. Worked, it looked yeah. like I meant to like go, ha ha, she's just shoved a cake. <laughs> like you would do that. She's just shoved a cake in my face. Katie was meant to be furious, but I got the giggles. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, like, yeah. I had so much cake on my face. It was insane. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. It went up my nostrils and in my eyes. Well, if you watch things like Friends, when it when someone picks it out and then you watch it, I mean, they're laughing actually all the time. Yeah. And there's a brilliant bit in 40 Towers I watched the other day when he brings a trifle instead of a duck and you can see Prunella Scales literally <laughs> crying of laughter behind because he doesn't. But I mean, that's, not only is it your wedding, but to have your put, cape, uh, face pushed in a cape, which sounds minimal, but things like that actually are the hardest things to film because another thing of what we did, which I spoke to Sam Giles about, who's coming up next series, um, is we had to have Bernice throw food over your hair. Spaghetti. And we laughed about this because they were like spaghetti bolognese and makeup were like, oh no, not with her blonde hair. It'll die. It'll die. (laughs) So we had to go for a carbonara. Carbonara, yeah. A white carbonara. (laughs) And Sam was really nervous because Sam was dressed in like fishnets and a busk for Andy. So she was was already petrified. And then... Because I always say, if you need to throw a pint, if I'm not saying anyone does this at home, but if you try, try to throw a pint over someone, it's actually impossible because it doesn't go. No, I think there's, there's a lot of things like that where it's written in the script and it does sound really simple. However, one, you've got to aim directly at someone and you've got to hit them in the face, for example. It can take 10 takes. But also, you've got to then do it again exactly the same for continuity. So it can take 20, 30 takes. I think we did get that in one because obviously I'm always as a director. If you have something like that, you're like, oh no. Because if it goes wrong, it's like, right, we'll just be back in an hour. hour. Sammy's just got to wash her hair. You're like, 
No, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think even if there's one tiny strand on you, like that's fine, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Um, and so let me see what, what else. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say to everyone as well. And the me- lasting memory of that is that I've still got your face on a cushion back at home. Oh, yeah. Because they were on the ITV show afterwards. Do you remember? Oh, the live episode. The live episode. Oh, and I still, still got... got that. I really yeah. love that cushion. But also, when I do come to your house, I love seeing you on <laughs> seeing me on your couch. On my couch. <laughs> well, you've, got, you've now gone to the bedroom. It sounds really weird. Oh. <laughs> You're now the door prop. The door prop. So I don't know whether that's Please. downgraded or upgraded. I know. <laughs> Am I the door prop now? Yeah, but it still looks nice. Oh. You've been, no, you've not been replaced. You're still kind of front of... I'm purposeful now. Purposeful now. Yeah, you've actually got <laughs> a use. A You're not just there to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to get on to Katie's men. Oh, God. Which is not something to do with the name we call her. So uh, can you, I mean, just try to list. I've got right, and I don't know whether I'm even right because I got lost on how many there are. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Which seems you're in it 15 years. That's not bad. That's, That's less than right. one a year. That's all right. So can you name them? Let's go for Katie's men. Is it kisses? Just a kiss? Uh, well, it didn't say on the internet whether it's third base or second base. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I think no, it's no, kind no. of like relation, you know, like relationships. Oh, God. Okay, Andy and Robert. Andy and Robert Sugden, brothers, yeah. Um, oh, God. Andy, Robert, then... I mean, we've told um, Are you trying to do it chronologically? I'm thinking, yeah, Declan... No, that's Declan, that yeah. Declan. You've whizzed on weight, yeah. You've gone I can't off. remember any of them. This is well, you've got someone who's one of your best friends. What? Who? Oh, that's... my God. He's going to kill you when he listens to this. One of my best Who friends. Who was a surprise of your hen? Oh, Chris! <laughs> yes! Chris Miller is a Grayson. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why well, forget about Chris? He was my favourite. <laughs> yeah. It looks like I've got a picture of him up there. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Sammy's got a picture on the wall. And for everyone at home, it's Sammy's hen that I organised and I... He was the surprise guest of the awards we did. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sammy was really worried I'd invited one of her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> should have done it. Right, okay, so you've got three, four. Um, they're all, to be honest, they're all, most of the others are really fit as well. But you did well. I can't remember any. Why okay, so we had cool? David Metcalf. I think that oh, was that just was a bit a of a... Oh, that was a one-night stand. One-night stand, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lee Naylor. Lewis. Was, yeah, Lewis. Oh, I love Lewis. We love Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Lamb, James Sutton. Yeah. Nick Henshaw, who was Nick. the big story, oh, who yeah, was the mad was cop, yeah. who then ended up getting rid of, kind of because of Katie, one of Soap's legends, Dina Payne, left, you know, because yeah. she got caught in a fire that was supposed to be for you. Or yeah, she was I think, to bring yeah. Nikhil. I didn't get with Nikhil. Oh, didn't you? Oh, okay. No. So, okay. I was quite surprised by that. She didn't no. get with Nick Hill. Uh, who have I missed off here? Um, Declan. Adam Barton. Oh, yes. Very did that. that was quite cute. And, and I remember Adam was so nervous. I think this this is the thing. This is why I can't quite remember because I'm terrible. I have a bad memory anyway. But because a lot of these, they literally are like three, four weeks of filming. And that's it. Yeah. In 14 years. Sammy just remembers the long term. Yeah, the long term. The long not the one-nighters. <laughs> I remember Adam being so nervous. Like you were saying about Kelvin at first. I think he felt that as well. Yeah. So he's like, oh my God, I've got to kiss Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, she'll never remember. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> It'll be remember. over in three oh, weeks. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, you flirted with I'm surprised actually you never got with Ross or Pete Barton, but you had a flirt with them, I think, but you never got with them, did you? No, I didn't get with them. No. So, uh, no. I mean, quite a few men. And I would say, so my memories of those, 
with Nick Henshaw, I remember Michael, that huge storyline that you did. Do you remember? And then mid-filming, uh, and Paul, my husband, was an extra. Mid-filming, the snow, like, chucked it down. Do you remember? Yes. We got stuck and we just stayed in town. Yeah, of course. We and got stay, Yeah, and stayed in the hotel. We just had to stay. With Nick. Yeah. Um, and then... David obviously played by Matthew and Charlie, two of your best friends as well, two of our really good friends. Is it nice to have had those relationships continue? Because often jobs you don't continue those relationships, but we both have, haven't we? It's amazing. Yeah, I've been I've been really lucky. Like I have friends like where I live in Bolton, but again, like saying before, um, when you're filming on Emmerdale, you're with these people more than friends and family put together. You're yeah. with these people on set all day every day. So when you leave. Those relationships do continue. You don't see them as much, but they're my best friends. You know, like you and Charlie, Matthew, Roxana, Shahidi, um, Sean, oh, Alice, Layla, everyone, who's and James amazing. Baxter, of course. Yes. You know, and and Laura Norton. There's there's so many people who are either. And what was amazing them. is that we all are very similar people. So, yeah. like again, on all the other shows I work with, as lovely as they are, like we just all bond. Like we've all got yeah. exactly the same sense of humour. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories we could never mention, not because they're really bad, but just because. We, like the thing. <laughs> do you remember we went to we've been to like Alton Towers we've been to so yeah. many parties we've been to we, what we used to do all the time was hire a cottage wasn't it and go away for oh, weekends oh yeah yeah just like do like birthday cottage weekends which is amazing stuff. murder yeah. mysteries which are always yeah. a disaster <laughs> um, so that is Emmerdale and to end the Emmerdale chat before we talk about you and other things quickly is so Sammy has had probably the best line ever to have been in Emmerdale because Katie obviously loved horses a lot <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a lot. You hardly ever saw her with a horse, but she did love them. And what was your best line? Okay, so I had to Set it up for us, So I'm just going to set the scene. So uh, me and Matthew Wolfe's character, David, had had a bit of a fling. And anyway, I decided, oh, we both decided, it's probably best to just be friends. Anyway, I'm sat solemnly on this swing, (laughs) just swinging really slowly. And Matthew has to come behind me and put his head near my shoulder. And he's like, Katie, like, I want to do it in American accent. (laughs) Katie, what's wrong? (laughs) Katie, what's wrong? And she just, I just have to shake my head and just come, um, just say, just go. <laughs> it's making me laugh, sorry. This is so funny. <laughs> I just had to I say. I won't look at you, I'm not going to look at you. And then I just had to say, I don't know, I just, um, I just really love horses. <laughs> I just really love horses. But the worst thing is trying to say that with a straight face. I know. Because she wanted, didn't want to be with him. And what was she, she really meaning? Because one, oh, one of the horses had died, hadn't it? I think so. I think I so. Really and it meant horse. that she didn't have time for relationships. <laughs> she wanted to focus on the horses. On the horses. <laughs> Poor Katie. I mean, we all... Oh, bless, bless her. her. Right, so, talking about you. So, when you were younger... I mean, you were 15 when you joined, so actually probably the youngest person that I've spoken to on this that's joined one of these shows at that young. But did you dream of it was it acting from the beginning so I I actually wanted to be a dancer so I was a dancer from when I was little to just before I joined Emmerdale <clears throat> so I did ballet and so I wanted to be a ballerina um but on the side of dancing I did a, a ballerina bit of acting. from Bolden <laughs> ballerina from Bolton <laughs> every girl's dream in Bolden <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
But I did musicals. So my first ever job, I was 11, and I was in a musical called Great Expectations with Darren Day. Oh, my God. Yeah, Darren. and so, um, Summer Holiday as well with Darren Day. Who, and when we record this, we might not know, but he's released a Christmas single with, with uh, JC. JC with a GC. GC? GC. Yeah. Well, he, if you've got to remember, back then, Darren Day was huge in musicals. Massive, because he'd done Joseph. Joseph. And, yeah. So to get that as my first job, That's it was amazing. one of those auditions where you queue around the block and say... It's an open audition. It doesn't happen nowadays. No. There's like a mile long queue. Wow. Just anyone turns up and you audition. Oh, I didn't actually do that. That's amazing. Um, and got down to like the last, the last, there was six of us chosen. Um, so yeah, so I was like off school for a month and That's amazing. working at the Opera House in Manchester. And did that make you just have that like love for it? Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Because theatre, I think, is the best place to start. I mean, so I've never done theatre and I did obviously the play over Christmas and it's just got something about it, hasn't it, standing in a theatre? It's um, it's so terrifying and a lot of respect because you never feel like you have enough time, um, and one mistake can ruin everything, <laughs> and you really know you're really aware of that. But I didn't have a huge part in that show when I was eleven, thank God. Um, and also, it really gave me the book though. I wanted to perform. And you've live. done loads. Of, you've done loads of theatre now. And someone said, and I can't remember which is really interesting to me and really true actually, is that actually in theatre you instantly know what you're doing right and you can change it. Whereas yeah. telly, obviously, you don't know until six months later, say you're doing a one-off drama, whether you've kind of been... Ex- do you know what I mean? So actually theatre's quite yeah. good for that, as in, oh, they're not laughing, or... Yeah, Because you, to... you can feel like the, you know, the reviews when yeah, you're there. definitely. You can gauge people's reactions, you can gauge what lines work and don't work. But the last play I did back in March, um, One Good Night was, um, I remember the press night was amazing. Like, um, Sue McArdle, who's a really good friend of mine and friend of Chris Villas, um, she, her character was really funny. And press night, she was, she had this, literally everyone was howling. Now, the next night, we were expecting the same. And Sue didn't change her performance <clears throat> at all. It was just a different crowd. Oh, right. And I just remember Sue coming backstage after the first, like, her little bit going, oh, no. <laughs> like, we've got another hour and a half of this. And um, and that really knocked us for six because uh, we were just on the back foot for the rest of the play. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. You never know. Yeah, see, it's, yeah. I saw Chelsea, who we both know, um, who was obviously in Emmerdale as well, in 95 with David Hasselhoff. And you could kind of tell what the cast were going through because obviously she said afterwards he has a habit of changing stuff or oh, like no. skipping stuff. And you could yeah. see everyone, he almost dropped Bonnie Tyler <gasps> when we were there. We were all going, you could hear the audience go, <gasps> And Bonnie, obviously, no, not Bonnie Tyler. What's Bonnie Langford? Bonnie sorry, Langford. Bonnie I can Tyler. Imagine her being a pro. And yeah. Well, she's in like she probably would have somersaulted off yeah, him and done yeah, two backflips. Do you know what I mean? At seventy, <laughs> yeah. however old she is. Yeah. But you were like, it's probably Bonnie. Sorry, fifty-one. Um, but as in, she's amazing. You could, but you could see that kind of thing, and you think, oh my god, if you're with someone who mm. met, like, oh my, messes up. Well, it's, it's things like uh, it's freezing. If if you forget a line, um, or someone else forgets a line. That's kind of it. And, it's, and a lot of the time you can get a complete blackout where nothing comes Come, into your yeah. head. Not even the next line or any lines from the play at all. <laughs> you literally freeze um, and you just come out with something. And something. Usually the other actor sweeps you up and helps you out. Um, but yeah, there was That's a couple terrifying. of moments like that. And you, you honestly, it's the worst feeling in the history. I remember when I did Andra. <laughs> And I can't remember if I was Dracula in something. Dracula. But 
there were three of us on the stage and basically that what afterwards we realized was the doorbell didn't go so all of us were just stood there and i remember seeing looking behind the stage and the person doing the script had dropped the script so it was like frantically going like this and i think we added for about five minutes God yeah. knows what we said. Yeah, this, I think I've done a few things like that where people haven't walked on or I, I hadn't heard the cue, so I haven't walked on. And when you do come on, like this person looks at you as if to say, where the hell have you been? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like with it through the lines, it's just in their eyes, but you can see and it. And does it excite you? Like, mm. Because like secrets and lies always amaze me, like Mike Lee, the director, about actually just... Because what I find with that, and this is no disrespect to actors, it's like when, when I did uh, Sister's X, my own thing, and we did like a day... First of all, before Emily wrote the script and we just got the actors to try to do it in for us. And actually, a lot of actors find it really hard to it because oh, they need yeah. a script. And which I'm not saying is a, like a, a wrong thing because yeah. you need a, a character in front of you to get it. It's actually quite hard to make up lines. I've, I've never, apart from when I was younger, like, you know, doing drama at school and things like that. I've always, especially with dancing and then acting, you're told where to go. There's not really really any freestyling. You're choreographed in every way, yeah. shape or form. So um, I think just... Doing it like that for me is so terrifying because dread, I always yeah. worry that people are going to go, oh, that wasn't very good. Oh, that was rubbish. Well, I, oh, think, that wasn't I think in my head, I mean, I watch Secret Lies and I kind of go, I can't believe it is. Because you go, you kind of have to then be a writer in your own head. Because I think, imagine people if you suddenly just go, right, do a dance. I mean, it's always going to be like yeah, dreadful, yeah, just throwing arms. And... Well, unless you've had a few drinks. <laughs> yeah. It's marvellous. We've done that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many songs I could play that we've sung as well. Oh my God. Me and, oh God. So me and Sammy usually get on the karaoke and sing everything. Yeah, everyone else leaves the room. Back catalogue yeah. catalog from like 70s to... What do you, what's our quote of the night is usually someone walking whilst we're seeing karaoke. Someone walking back in the room and going, are you still, still singing? Going. <laughs> yeah. We're like, three hours later, we're like, yes, get out. Yeah, and we think we're amazing. Then the next day, oh, it's yeah. like totally flat. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so yeah, that's that. You also did, I mean, talking of singing... You did, and I was going to play them, but I just know you hate them. You did Soapstar Superstar as oh. Madonna, which no, was actually no. amazing. Soap oh, was that? Superstar was separate. Then I did the Madonna. Oh, that one, Madonna before. Special. Yeah, something like that. And then Sammy did uh, also, and then this will be edited out if she says no, but I was actually going to play on the podcast you singing it at my wedding. Am I allowed to play it to everyone? A clip. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, a little clip. To... I'll play a tiny little clip of it. Okay. You can choose the clip. Okay, We'll maybe. listen to it afterwards. Yeah, okay. So I'm basically, probably... Sammy sung the most beautiful song at me and Paul's wedding in Kurt's Rabbi, which was amazing. I still listen to it, and I still must get you to record it, but it's incredible, because Sammy... So basically, to let everyone know, Sammy's got the most incredible voice, <laughs> but will only sing when she's normally drunk, and also gets us to turn away from her. <laughs> So the fact that she sung in an open cathedral with everyone there was like, oh my God, this is how much you yeah, love me. Yeah, that was it's quite incredible. a big deal. I think I either do it for, I can't have anyone looking at me when I sing usually, um, but then I've sang my sister down the aisle and I've sang you down the aisle. So the two most I suppose pressure, if it means something Yeah, you, it's but it's different. also the pressure. It's like if, you, if your best friend or your sister asks you, you can't go no, you know, so yeah. But I really enjoyed it, actually. Both and it them. was incredible, so everyone has to have a little listen.
just to tell you a funny story, do you remember because me and Paul, my husband, had been to the Abbey a really long walk down and played the song and timed it the week before. And do you remember he started walking down the slowest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm at the front going, hurry oh. up. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like something I have to sing another two it versions of it. It was the longest style ever as well. <laughs> it wasn't the longest style yeah. ever. Um, so then you left, you've been in things, I mean, you did, which was amazing, the second series of Prey, which yeah. must be really different after coming out of Emmerdale, because I find single camera dramas actually really boring to do because it takes so long as I keep saying yeah. it's so so quick isn't it yeah I think um there was a real difference with with that with doing drama like Emmerdale is so well put together in terms of we still manage to make really good tv yes. on the, in the quickest time period you could ever imagine whereas a drama the thing I loved about the dramas in a different way was I could actually sit with the director for yeah, an hour get and chat through yeah um, we could discuss stuff on set. Yeah. Should we change this? You I can discuss what your motivation is. Yeah, necessarily don't feel like my character would do that. Should we try this? And you do get a bit more time. Um, so yeah, it is, it is completely different. But yeah, I love doing Prey. The director, Lewis Arnold, was, was the first director I worked with since leaving Emmerdale. So I was quite nervous about that. But he made me feel so comfortable. And who was the other actress? Um... I can't remember her name. Oh, you've talked about her before. She was she also was in... in um, oh, she was in Luther. Yes. She was in the yeah, last yeah. series of Luther. I remember her name. Amazing. It was but Philip yeah. Glenister was my dad. And again, we yeah. talk about this because... And how different people feel differently. But actually, again, I always champion soap because if you can do soap, you can do anything. But I kind of... When I did Holby and stuff, what I missed was... A, I think as an actor, you start questioning how you've done something because you do it so many times. And yeah. then you're like, oh, actually, I prefer this way. You're like... But I think there's nothing more incredible than doing something in one... If it's emotional, one take on soap. Yeah. Like, you can never be... I think, we always say, I did the Charlotte Bellamy episode with the cot death, and I just think that one scene will yeah. always stick with me when she runs down the stairs. Oh, yeah, I remember it. As like fine... It to, like, you almost... And she says, you probably almost would never get that again because she put everything into that yeah, one moment. Yeah, totally. I've, I've, I remember a scene. It was... I don't think it was a huge storyline particularly, but I had a really emotional scene... Oh, no, it was actually, sorry. I'd, I was found by someone in the cafe on the floor. I'd just had the miscarriage. So I was really young. And I, obviously, you know, the scene was a reasonably long scene, like two, three pages or whatever. Um, but we did it in seven minutes. Wow. It was the quickest scene from line run to filming it to doing it. That was it. Because I got it on the first take and that was it. And the director went, and we both said, I'm not going to get that again now. Like, no, I was yeah. there. I was totally there. And he said, right, I agree. Let's move on. Which seven minutes. incredible, I know. Well, yeah. Charlotte, I always remember, and she talks about this, so it's fine, that you had a picture. I remember seeing it, because I remember we didn't talk on the day. She was like, can I just use hand signals and stuff? Not being deverish, but being, because she had worked herself up. And she had a picture of her baby in her script, because she'd just had a yeah. baby as well. Do you, how do you go to those places? Do you have to think of something in your own life, or can yeah. you bring it on? Because yeah, Patsy Palmer, for instance, can just... I'm, I'm a real, I have actually a really good cry. Like, I can kind of do it, not on demand, but like... I can get myself into that place quite well. I just, I just think of something really sad, and you know, dif- different oh, things. Probably to be a honest, horse. yeah, probably <laughs> a horse is in my life. A horse dying, a horse dying, or something. She's, awful. In, she's crying now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just think of something like usually something reasonably bad's happened within the past couple of years. So you just kind of picture yeah, that. Yeah, just picture that. And it it, sounds yeah. awful, but you do. It's it always just good to have a cry. There, you know. Um, and then you obviously did, well, you obviously, you did a film called Lead Belly. It's, it's called Lead Belly, isn't yeah, it? Not yeah. Lead Belly. No, Because I thought they spelled belly, it yeah. wrong. Yeah. In 2019 with Jamie Lomas covering homelessness, which is a really important subject. Yeah. How was that? That was brilliant. So I got a call from Jamie who said, would you like to play like my ex-wife in the film? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so it's about, he plays um, a veteran who has left the army because he's got shrapnel in his stomach, hence lead belly, that's the name. Um, and he's become homeless, he's an alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, he's really struggling with it. And his ex-wife still really cares for him and she's there for him all the time. Um, but it's their relationship and the struggles that they have. But also, um, it just, I think it's, it's not really talked about enough, the struggle that people have once they do leave the army. And yeah, I have yeah. close friends who've been through that. One of my really good friends, Craig, um, I actually got him to go down the set every day and he was with Jamie and met with Jamie quite a few times because um, he's been through it himself. And he said, the first time he read the script, I sent it to him, he burst into tears. Oh, wow. And he just said, this means so much to me, Sammy. Um, and the premiere, the small premiere that we had for it, Lots of veterans came. Oh, that's and amazing. And we got a standing ovation. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, which was I fantastic. think that's what our job is brilliant at, is that we can bring, I mean, in soap especially, actually, because it's in people's lounges every day, like, you can just bring issues to the forefront, can't you? Yeah. In a kind of, really kind of, I mean, that's amazing with Lead Belly, but with soap, isn't it? Because you, you can build those stories. I think, like, with, at the moment, both soaps have been doing domestic violence, EastEnders yep. and Corrie, and just the effect... Absolutely. That has. And luckily, because soaps never talk to each other, I don't think about storylines. And they did it with a young girl in EastEnders and with a much older woman in yeah. um, Coronation Street. And it's actually quite amazing that you can have that. Well, if you think, if you're somebody going through, whether it is a miscarriage or, or something horrific in your life, if, especially if you're someone who doesn't necessarily talk to people about it, which a lot of people don't. So if you see someone on TV going through that, and even it's a weird link in a way because it's just someone on a screen, but it's seeing someone else going through it, and it's understanding it's not just you. You're not alone. No, people yeah. People go through this. Other people go through it as well. And I think I remember the storylines I've had. Um, you know, when I couldn't walk, my character, and and the miscarriage stuff. I got so many letters about that. Um, That's incredible, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. And loads of letters from people who had run over their head. Teacher. Yeah, teacher. You really helped yeah, me. Yeah, I killed my head. You really helped me well. hide it as well. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. And uh, I saw you, I mean, you've done things, I think as well, like pantomime is not, I don't think it is seen as being rubbish anymore because actually yeah. pantomimes are amazing. And like, because yeah. Ian McClellan brought them to the West End and stuff yeah. and yours was incredible because I always go again, you go, right, I'm going to go and see my friend and, yeah. oh God, please let it be good. Yeah, because you because we've been we've been to things that haven't been good as well, haven't yeah, we? Of course and you have. seeing our friends afterwards going, oh, the yeah. lighting was just yeah. stunning. But the panto was great. Like they're really good productions, aren't they? Yeah, I had the bet. Like again, I think panto gets a lot of stick, but the amount of time you get to rehearse and put on a show like that, which is all comedy essentially, so it's comic timing. Yeah, which is really hard. Laugh. Yeah. So and people's demands are so high now. I think yeah. because they can watch so much online. Yeah. Pay money to go to a theatre. Yeah. Like, it has to be good. So it has to be good. You've got to make people laugh, dance, sing, change costumes 165 times. <laughs> um, and it's it's really hard. But, I mean, like, the guy that played um, oh, Buttons, yes, Lewis, he was amazing. Divine, I think it always depends on... Normally, because you play the role that's normally played by someone rubbish, because normally Cinderella's not the famous person. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. normally, like... You're hanging on for the Danes and the buttons. Oh, yeah, it's okay. the buttons that's kind of the famous match. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the bad person. Yeah. It's not normally Cinderella. So, and actually, go, how mad that most productions of Cinderella yeah. just put like a local Am Amdram artist in the role of Cinderella. Yeah, I know. Like, this, I didn't have a huge amount of like funny lines and things like that. A few here and there. But, um, you know, I was saying before about like you really have to rely on someone on stage. 
and Lewis, who played Buttons, was he's done so many shows that if he saw me panicking or knew that I'd he forgotten just, a line, yeah. he'd go in yeah. straight away. And I think if I didn't have that for my first panto, oh, I would have crumbled so many times. But it turned out all right. It was good. It was brilliant. It was I'm jealous. That's why I want to be a soap star because I'd love to do panto. <laughs> she can just do it. We do my that? friend, uh, shall I say, my friend Simon, who was on CBBC years ago, he still does panto. Yeah. Which he like has a normal job now in the yeah. year. And then just goes off to do theatre at the week, uh, yeah. not the weekend, at Christmas. Well, Sammy, it's been amazing to speak to you. We're now going to pour some vodka <laughs> and see in the new year. Yeah. So happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy. I've already had one, everyone. Uh, happy New Year to everyone and love you loads. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I've had the best time. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, I couldn't ask for more than to finish series one with one of my best mates. Thank you so much to Sammy Winwood and thank you for listening and supporting Soap from the Box. It was a little idea. I had it locked down. It's grown and grown. It's been an amazing success and it's all thanks to you. So I really, really do appreciate it and I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be having a little break, just need a bit of time off and I need to record some more podcasts. So we'll be back with series two very soon. Keep an eye out on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And the exciting news is I'll also be back with a brand new podcast, revealed now called Pop From The Box, where I'll be speaking to pop stars of years gone by. I am so excited. Thank you so much to David, Stevens and The Bothy for all their edit and technical wizardry over the whole series. One of my best mates, couldn't do it without him. And as I said, thank you and have a brilliant new year and see you soon. (laughs) 